What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. Apologize for missing last week. Had some things had to take care of. We're back. We don't want to dwell on the past. Hey, that man, Polo G. Oh, we got Thomas back on. Go ahead, Thomas. Anyway, Methodist <laughs> University finest. Thomas, let's go. What's going on, man? Glad to be back on. Glad to have you on, Thomas. Uh, what I was going to say is I remember Polo G and his song. I forgot which one it was. He says, if all my cars up to date, no need to dwell it in the past. So I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. And I'm going to use that. I'm going to figure out which song that is. That is definitely going to be the outro. But without further ado, welcome to my sports house. Open up the champagne. Pop. It's my house. Come on. Turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door and the night begins. Cause we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you've been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in. All right, uh, Thomas, you got just one. You got Monday Night Football on? Yeah, well, I was about to say, I just got home. I, I ain't turned it on the TV because I ain't want to, you know, have it playing in the back. But. Hey, I'll be like talking, like, Thomas, remember the LSU game? And you like, yeah, <laughs> like Thomas, is, Thomas is tuned out, folks. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because, I like I said, we did this like two times ago, and I kind of like it. It, it. it gives me Manning cast vibes. Yeah. Uh, um, although we're not Mannings. But it's definitely something uh, interesting to watch. We're going to get into it here. Ready to try to kick us out of here. Start off in the ACC. Clemson uh, played Wake Forest this past weekend. Wait, well, by the way, y'all, we're going to do a little college football, NFL football. Even do a kind of a little bit of preview since y'all going to be at first getting this on Tuesday, kind of previewing into what we think might happen next week. But anyway, Clemson, Wake Forest. It's funny when this game, I saw it. I was at work. Um, I was working that morning. I was like, Clemson, Wake Forest. Like, I could watch this, but it's going to be a blowout. Is it really a purpose? Yeah. Wake Forest took them boys in overtime out there in Winston-Salem. Yeah. Wake Forest, Hartman, they, they had Hartman looking like the truth. Uh, Clemson did get the win with the final score, 51-45 uh, in overtime. A lot of people were talking about DJ in this game. DJ came back to life. Uh, Thomas, what were your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, you know, kind of like you said, I thought, you know, the same thing as everybody else. You know, it was a good showing by DJ. Um, after, you know, kind of the issue he's been having with, with, you know, just consistency going back to last season. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a great performance by him. Um, he looked, um, you know, he looked like the guy we saw his freshman year against Notre Dame um, yeah. when he came out and got that first start against them, you know, when Trevor Lawrence was out. Um, so, yeah, he looked good. But Clemson as a team, man, it, it, they definitely ain't the same, you know, Clemson that we've been used to over these past, you know, five, six, seven years, however long it's been. Um, they just ain't coming out. I mean, obviously, you know, like you said about the final score, and if you watch the game, you can tell they ain't just coming out dominating guys, you know, like they used to anymore. Um, I don't know if that's the ACC catching up, you know, the other schools catching up with talent or Clemson falling all the time. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, it definitely ain't the same Clemson that we used to. And I think it's because they don't have that dominant defense anymore that we used to. Um, they were really struggling in the secondary. They were getting PI calls just all over the place. Um, Wake Forest has some real big, you know, physical type receivers too. So that, you know, um, kind of hurt with that. But yeah, man, that's, that's just my biggest thing I took from it is that um, they they kind of got, a, you know, a little bit of soul searching to do on a defensive side. And, and I guess a little bit of recruiting to do too and just get some of those, um, you know, the, you know, five-star guys back in there, you know, which I'm sure they're, they're still um, getting. But um, it looks to me like they might be, um, you know, just a little young right now, if anything. Um, but yeah, I, I ain't gonna lie. I didn't expect them to come out with the win. I thought Wake Forest was gonna finish it off, but uh, that's you know that that just kind of show you that championship pedigree. Clemson still got in them. You know they were able to pull it out in the end. Hey, what they say is there's something about just being able to find a way to win. And you always yeah. hear Dabble say that quote. He's like, uh, "It's hard to win out here, so we are gonna celebrate in here. We're gonna celebrate tonight. See all meet the donuts in the locker room. And yeah, like, you know, we'll we'll watch the tape tomorrow. But we're gonna celebrate this one tonight." A couple yeah. of things I heard from what I was understanding, uh, Clemson had a lot of freshman DBs out there. And I think the crazy thing about that is, or young DBs in general, 
it's like those guys are probably four-star, five-star DBs. In a yeah. pretty good system, recruited probably pretty highly coming to Clemson, expect to take right over, you know, take right from the last guys. Yeah. And it's just like an intro to college football. It's like some of these guys that although they may have went to Wake Forest, these are guys. They've developed really well. Yeah. They, they've been working really yeah. hard. And it's like, so you might, and I'm not saying these good Clemson DBs think this, but it's like you might be the guy in high school Five star, four star, whatever, and go to uh, play this play against and play against Wake Forest, and their receivers are toasting you. And it's like a real, it's in the NFL, you yeah. say, Welcome to the NFL moment. It just so happened in college yeah. football. It's just like, Oh, wow. And, and that was on full display. Uh, Sam Hartman, 20 for who, in case y'all don't know, is the Wake Forest quarterback, went 20 for 29, 337 yards, six touchdowns. If you told that brother he was gonna go 20 for 29, <laughs> 337 yards, and six touchdowns against a Clemson defense, he would have been more than happy. Jamal Banks was the high receiver for the uh, Demon De- for the Demon Deacons. He had six catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns. Now, as far as Clemson, DJ Uyunglele, oh, I was still getting that right. Uh, 26 for 41, 371 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. Will Shipley is showing. Will Shipley consistently shows me at Clemson why he was ranked that high. I think he was like a five star back coming out of North Carolina. Um, yeah, so he, I mean, he had five yards per, averaging five yards per carry, which is also kind of like a testament to that, uh, to the offensive line. But yeah, so Clemson pulls out the win this week. They got a big dance this week coming up. It's crazy to say, like, Clemson versus NC State. Both teams undefeated. It's going to be in the Valley. College game day is going to yeah. be there. That one's going to be exciting. Um, who do you think gets to win that one? Clemson, NC State, and Death Valley. I'm gonna go with Clemson because because you know they back in Death Valley and they coming off that that win against Wake Forest. I think it would have been a little bit different if they were coming off the loss. I think that kind of would have hurt their confidence. Um, but being that they were able to you know that kind of rough game, but being that they made it out, I think that's kind of gonna give them a little bit of confidence. So and like I said, them being at home, um, yeah, I, yeah, I think I'm going with Clemson in that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, the Clemson game that comes to mind, different game days been that many times, but the one I went to was that Louisville with Lamar Jackson versus Deshaun Watson and the company. And I'm yeah. thinking if there's any kind of that kind of atmosphere, that game, it'll be electric. You know, like sometimes they're having a hard time, from what I understand, getting like uh, like student section packed and just fans yeah. off the seats. But obviously for this one, game days in town, night, I'm pretty sure that's going to be a night game. Everybody should be de- uh, decked in the Valley. And they got a huge video board that's been all over social media now. So I'm sure a lot of people be excited to see that. Going to keep yeah. it moving. Going to stay in the Southeast. I was about to say Southeastern Conference, but that's not accurate. Well, I guess actually we're going to the Southeastern Conference. We weren't there. Anyway, South Carolina. <laughs> Let's talk about the Gamecocks. South Carolina played uh, UNC Charlotte. Got the win in Williams-Brice with the final score of 56-20. The Charlotte 49ers did have the lead coming out of the first quarter. <laughs> then South Carolina put up 17 in the second, 33, I mean, 22 in the third, and ultimately 14th in the fourth. But the Charlotte 49ers kind of kept it close, which is once again quite concerning. I guess if you look at it as like South Carolina's rebuilding and you squint your eyes, you think, okay, I can kind of see it. But it does, it, it just seems to me every single time Carolina plays a team and I suppose the other team always starts hot and Carolina does not. Yeah. And, and that just seems to be a little bit quite concerning. But like I said, they came out with the win in this one. I said this last week. I said it and it, it just keeps proving to be true. The, Carolina, it's like when they go in that offensive meeting, I'm the coaches before you get to the players, can't show too much favoritism. Get Marshawn Lloyd the ball in any case, scenario. I don't care if you got to throw it to him, give him a screen, toss him out the backfield. Cause he just, he shows why he was a five star. And it's just, he's just super dynamic. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, in, like, obviously, football sports in general, there are certain guys that just can do it. Like, obviously, he needs an offensive line to block for him, but he hurdles people. It takes three to four guys to get him down. In this game, he had 15 carries for 169 yards and three touchdowns. He's just one of those guys to just get him the ball. But what you've kind of also seen, like, uh, with the emergence of him, you don't see as much of uh, – well, not you don't see as much of him, but, like, as Marshawn has gone crazy – uh what's the guy's name right here i got him right here Jaheim juju jaheen bell and juju oh yeah yeah you just it's almost like he's taking that thing and kind of ran with it yeah uh, what, what what are your thoughts on the gamecocks and the win um yeah I, no nah, i agree with you matt um and you know on the marshall north point uh i'll come back there but just it care yeah i i mean honestly i, I agree with both your points man i just feel like 
I get what you're saying about Carolina competing against these lesser teams. Like, we're kind of at the point. I feel like we kind of out of that rebuilding stage now. Like, I mean, I guess you could say we're still in it because this is what Beamer's third season, third, second or third, second or third, huh? second or third. So it's like he still hadn't gotten that full, you know, four years a chance to get in, just nothing but his players or whatever. Um, but still, just you feel like we at that point where it's like UNC Charlotte should be a team we taking care of easily, which I mean, you know, like you said, by the final score, it looked like that, but. I mean, they coming out the first quarter, you know, up 14-6. I mean, honestly, it shouldn't even got that far. Um, so I definitely agree with you on that. I, th- I think Carolina's past that point where we should be, um, you know, giving giving a team like UNC Charlotte or, or Georgia State and we won, you know, any kind of, um, you know, chance in the game. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I, I mean, I think, honestly, I just feel like maybe the coaching staff just feels like they found their, their main playmaker and they feel like they got to – you know, keep him involved in the game as much as you can, as opposed to last year where, I mean, you saw like, what, about, about three, four running backs for Carolina, you know, splitting carries, getting time between, you know, Zaquandre Wright, um, Marshawn Lloyd and Juju. Um, so, yeah, like you said, you know, for for Juju and, and guys like Jaheim Bell kind of having a, a quiet start to the year, um, you know, I doubt it's anything with them because, I mean, you know, you know, we know what they're capable of and all that, but like you said, if anything, it might it might just be Marshawn Lloyd just, you know, um, you know, leaving that much of a gap in between them. He might just be, you know, improving that much um, to where it's that big of a gap. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I just feel like Carolina's biggest focus needs to be improving week to week. I mean, you know, you ain't going to win a national championship or SEC title in one week. So, I mean, that's, that's really all they can do is just be better week to week, especially with, you know, really getting into the meet of SEC play now. I think they really got to, you know, try to lock it in now and, and you know, be finding all cylinders. Yeah, because they played so this week. They got SC State. I'm looking at it on the West Coast times at 9 a.m. I'm like, what in the West Coast? <laughs> so, yeah, they got uh, – it looks like they got SC State this week at 9 a.m. Be a big – it would be great for the uh, SC State guys to come play at Williams-Brice. Hopefully they come out with a little edge because, you know, a lot of these guys are probably from South Carolina would have loved to play at the University of South Carolina. Yeah. Maybe they didn't get that offer, buddy. Maybe a uh, buddy poo. Maybe hey, come on down over here. We get guys to the league as we've seen in the past in South Carolina State, and now you still get a chance to go play. Yep. Maybe if you didn't play like the high school state championship, you still get a chance to go play at Williams Bryce. But so that'll be interesting. Yeah. After them okay. next week, uh, Kentucky comes. Is this going to be at Kentucky or is this going to be? They go to Kentucky, and Kentucky's rolling right now. So, yeah, uh, that's for sure. Gonna, Number seventeen in the country. This is not your. This is not your uncle's Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're gonna keep it moving. It's about that time. I need to get a you. I need to like create a segment when we start talking about those Ohio State Buckeyes. Folks. <laughs> hey, Ohio State gets the win over Wisconsin in the night game. The black uniforms. I promise you. I can promise you. I'm gonna speak to our editing staff. Me. And we're going to make sure that, that the, the logo or this week's episode has those black uniforms. Those things are crisp. Uh, Buckeyes kid jumped out hot in this one, 21 nothing for end of the first quarter. I was like, oh, man. CJ was clicking. He was 17 for 27, 281 yards and five touchdowns. Threw his first interception for the season. Travion Henderson didn't know how he was going to handle it. He was a little bit banged up. Still 21 carries, 121 yards. Uh, averaging almost six yards a carry, and Mayan Williams really stepped up. I expected Mayan Williams to have to play a little bit more because Travion Henderson, maybe you save him a little bit, but he had uh, 11, what is it, 11 carries, 101 yards, averaging 10 yards a carry, and they just said he just ran real aggressive. Uh, two touchdowns. Now, now, now for the Ohio State, what they call it, zone six, the, uh, the receiver yeah, core. Yeah, the receiver core. Yeah. Look here. It's crazy, like, <laughs> when you look into the season – you would have thought uh, Jackson Jackson Smith and Jig, but you would have thought like he would have been the guy. He's been sidelined. He's been hurt. Has not the receiving core has not skipped the beat. Marvin Harrison averaging 15 yards per uh, seven 15 yards per catch. He had three for 45, three catches for 45 yards. And in the past couple of games, he had like three touchdowns apiece. Emeka Egbuka got that right. Six reception, 118 yards, two touchdowns. He's really coming along. Julian Fleming is like the next one they're kind of expecting. That's number four. He was like the number two rated receiver coming out of that class. And that tight end case over. That's a big dude. <laughs> that's a big tight end. Like, if like guys his size usually don't, because 
he's like, you, you see guys come out of like Iowa and stuff like that. But this guy yeah. here looks like a fullback almost, but he's yeah. got great ball skills. It seems like uh, him and CJ have really, really good chemistry. So, hey, let me tell you something. Buckeyes are rolling, folks. We got Michigan State next week. Go another dove. And we're just going to keep rolling, you know, so hopefully make our way to this roller bowl. But uh, Thomas, enough about Matt's Thomas, Ohio State Buckeyes. <laughs> any, any thoughts or what you thinking? Yeah, I was about to say, I had a question for you. Um, really regarding that receiver situation out there. So, like you said, you know, we was expecting Smith and Jig to come in and kind of be the man this year. But, you know, he done had his injury issues or whatever. Um, you think he's still going to declare for the draft? Because, I mean, he had a strong first two years. And it's like, I mean, you know, I, I feel like we kind of seeing it now where it's like his them two years were, were so good. It's like anything he does this year that's below that, they're going to be like, oh, he, you know, he fell off. So it's mm -hmm. like, do you come back for a four-year risk that same thing happen again? Or do you just, you know? I don't think he, like, obviously he loves Ohio State. But I feel like Chris Olave and them boys, like, nah, I just love, nah, I think he gone. I think, yeah. he, especially, <laughs> and especially with these injuries, he kind of, like, he's gotten and stuff like that. Like, them other boys are like, man, I just love the OH. Like, they just all day. And you seen Garrett Wilson catch his touchdown first thing he do was OH. Yeah. And let me tell you something. When I was watching that, that was the Jets game. I was, was that against the Browns? Yeah. I didn't even have to, I did not even have to look and see. Whenever he caught that touchdown, I saw where that corner was. I, I know the exact move he did because I watched him do it yeah. for like past two years. That little yeah. and he's so doggone like shifty. It's like the corner has no shot. So he threw up no way. Shout out uh Hart Brian Hartline for coaching him up. I'm sure he was very gifted, but regardless, Brian Hartline. <laughs> yeah. But now nah, I firmly believe Jackson Smith and the, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba is gone. After this year, I think that Rose Bowl game, obviously he had a great year last year altogether, yeah. but that Rose Bowl game set him such a side. And you even hear, if you listen to the press conferences, you'll say Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson be like, we're good, but that guy's so serious. Yeah. These are two first-round draft picks. So I'm like, what, what does he have yeah. in his bag? So, yeah, no, nah, I think he's gone. In my opinion, I'd expect him to leave. I don't think he's sticking around another year to see uh, we'll hang out with Ryan Day. Yeah, and, and Stroud will be going, so it's like he'll be having to start over with, you know, whoever's going to be the guy next year. So, yeah, I, yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. really – which I'm very, very interested in figuring out who it's going to be. I – if I had to bet money, I think it's uh, – is the guy's last name is Brown. Hold on, let me look it up. Because uh, this is good. Because I remember when we first started talking about CJ, this, this timestamp is crazy. I remember when we first <laughs> talking about CJ Stroud, and it's like, there's a guy that's coming, and he just, he's being recruited. I've seen him there. Like, y'all have to go back yeah. two seasons. Uh, and we were talking about him. We're talking about yeah, him. Yeah. Me and Thomas was talking about Cam Newton when he was still at Blinn. So, yeah, hey, we, yeah, it's, it's like that. Hold on, let's see. Yeah. Ohio State. Y'all, this is all the way live. You probably can hear the typing. And the <laughs> <laughs> probably Ohio State quarterbacks. The guy's last name is Brown. He was highly recruited. I think he – I saw a couple of, like, of uh, his high school highlights and stuff, and I'm like, yeah. I think he becomes the guy. And Marvin Harrison's quarterback coming out of high school who's also on the roster, who I think is number six, I think that guy ends up probably transferring out. Yeah. No, they're not showing it. I don't. Kyle McCord. There you go. So Devin Brown is the one I'm thinking of. I think he's from Utah. Yeah. I want to say he's from mm -hmm. Utah. That's the one who I think ends up being the next starting quarterback at Ohio State. And Kyle McCord, I think, is transferring out. We'll see what happens though. Yeah. So, keep this thing moving, Thomas. Got to go to Vol Vol Nation, right? So Tennessee played Florida, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. The, yep. vol the volunteers are very excited fan base right now. They, they got some smoke going there. And those Tennessee fans, they really love it. You know, they did the yeah. they, they feel like they're always close. I always go back to that year. Remember when they had, uh, was that Jalen Hurd? The running back? Yeah, yeah, running back. Yeah, yeah. I felt like that, the roster was so stacked. Yeah. The fact that I they thought were, they was going to do it then. Yeah. That was like 2015, 2016. Yeah. I thought the East was theirs, and they didn't. And who is that? Butch Jones was coach at that time? Yep, yep. And I felt like they missed out because there's a lot of talent on that team. But, hey, they got it going right now. They're number eight team in the country. It's a good time to be a volunteer. They took on the Florida Gators. Uh, the game was in – that game was in Knoxville, correct? Yep. 
Tennessee gets the win. They moved 4-0, 38-33 was the final score. Hendon Hooker, their quarterback, 22 for 28, 349 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, He also rushed for 100 yards, having 112 yards on 13 carries, uh, averaging nine yards a carry. What do you think about Tennessee this year? Man, they look like they're the real deal, man. I, I ain't going to lie. Um, like you said, I mean, it's, I think it's and, – and it's interesting, you know, you bring up the old Tennessee teams with Jalen Hurd and him, and it's like, um, you know, that's the last time they were really like a threat in that SEC, ACC East, and that's when they had Josh Dobbs at quarterback. So, you know, it just, you know, kind of small example of what, you know, a, a high-level – you know, what high-level quarterback play can do for your team. Um so, yeah, man, I mean, I think that's the main reason why I would take him serious this year because Hendon Hooker, you know, is a real deal. Um, you know, good dual threat quarterback. Um, so when you got a guy like that, you know, leading the way, it just opens it up for the whole offense. Um, but, yeah, and, and you know, I mean, these are the kind of games, you know, you want to see him win. Uh, rivalry game, conference game, you know, SEC East game. Um, so, I mean, I feel like this was like their first, you know, real big test. And Tennessee usually always plays one of the tougher schedules in the SEC because I think yeah. Bama is their permanent opponent. And, you know, that's a big rivalry. So they see Bama every guaranteed year. every year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it, they definitely a team to keep an eye on. Like I said, regardless, just being in the SEC, you know, they got that tough schedule to go through. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be looking forward to that, that matchup with Tennessee and Georgia and Tennessee and Kentucky, you know, Kentucky and Georgia you know, stay on the path they're on. Because, um, I mean, that easily is looking about just as competitive as the West, if, if not more at this point. I mean, you know, Auburn's a little down. Um, you know, uh, I, can't, I can't really say A&M or Arkansas down. They just played. But, you know, I mean, like I said, it's looking like the East is, is kind of catching up. Um, but, yeah, man, like I said, Tennessee look like they real deal. I probably got to see them against another – top SEC team, like I said, in Kentucky or Georgia, and, and you know, then I'll, I'll kind of know for sure then. But, I mean, as of right now, yeah, they, they head in the right direction. I remember when they said it. Uh, I don't know where uh, – it might be ESPN. It might have been Paul Farnbaum. I'm somebody who covers uh, SEC football. They said whenever whenever Tennessee, Georgia, Florida was down, they were like, this is the time for South Carolina football to emerge because these yeah. programs will not be down forever. There was a yep. small time period. It was like, this is yeah. the time. Now you look at that, and you made an excellent point. You look at the SEC East now. Tennessee got ballers. They've always had ballers, but they're just putting it together. Kentucky's top 10 team in the country. Florida's always going to be Florida. You got Georgia, who like might be one of the best, the best team in the country. They're definitely one yeah. of the best teams. They might be the best team in the country. As Saquon Barkley just had a 36-yard touchdown run. So I know some people who gamble in this game are very excited. Um, and it's a whiteout, right? I think there's a whiteout. Yeah, for the Giants, yeah, they were in the throwbacks. That's different. That's different. I like it. Whenever you see that white, y'all, sorry to interrupt, but talk about a second. <laughs> that white color makes me think Lawrence Taylor. When I see that white, yeah. I a lot of those pictures that I see of old Giants and Lawrence Taylor, and it's like this guy just was on a different planet. That's, yeah. what, that's what we need to see on a podcast. Anyway, back to the conversation here. But yeah, the SEC is up right now, and this is why it sucks because for Carolina fans, it's like besides that year, whenever they lost, um, Auburn SEC championship game. That's the only time you've seen the SEC champ. Like you've seen that level of SEC, like us in the SEC championship game, mm-hmm. and the window's gone now. Speaking of this yep. Tennessee team, though, uh, it looks like they have a bye this week, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, and then they got the big dogs. They got uh, LSU coming in on the eighth. They do they, they have to go? They have to go to Death Valley on the eighth. Mm. And then they got Alabama the following week. October. Oh Lord, hold on. <laughs> they got LSU and Alabama back that week. I, I know that AD like looks at this that like he looks at the schedule. He just tells coach, "I'm sorry." Like I'm just is, is Bama is Bama in Knoxville or in Tuscaloosa? That game is going to be in Knoxville. So at least they have oh, the fans. Okay. Ooh, I was about to say yeah. Ooh. <laughs> that's a tough stretch for them. Uh, so we'll see what the volume. That's tough. And the thing is, like with teams like Alabama, uh, LSU, for example, LSU one could say might be like some more of a down year for them. It's still going to be crazy physical. Because there's yeah, going to be yeah. NFL talent all over that field. It just yeah. happened. They might have to put it together. Their receiver yep. might not be on the same pace as their quarterback. But them boys are going to be physical out there. What they say, like, yeah. Louisiana gets more players in the NFL per capita than any other state. Yeah. Uh, you know, y'all know how it goes. All right, folks. So we're going to keep it moving there. Um, I wanted to talk real quickly about Alabama. 
Roll Tide. I mean, yeah, I feel like Alabama's always going to be relevant on this podcast because it's college football podcast. How do you talk about <laughs> college football? Did you see um, the little college football 150 show on ESPN? When? You talking about um, last year? Yeah, I think it was. They're celebrating. Like yeah, that. I caught a couple of them. Yeah. I think. I was at a, I was at a pizza joint at lunch one day, and they had, like, some different chapters to it. That If y'all love college football, you have to watch that. Like, listen to Yeah, they got a bunch of different – yeah. It seemed like every time I cut on the TV during the summer, they were showing some little, you know, one of the chapters from it. And for those of y'all who like college football like we do, I, that, that, that feeds your spirit. So make sure you go check that out. But, yeah, so Alabama opened up – was this SEC play this week? Yes. Against Vanderbilt, beating them 55-3, as expected. Uh, they got Arkansas next week. But one thing I wanted to kind of mention, it seems like because the talk of the town right now has been like Alabama, who's the, they know they got Bryce Young at quarterback who went 25, 36, 385 yards. But who's going to be the receiver to step up? And it's looking to me like Ja'Cory Brooks is the guy. Ja'Cory yeah. Brooks is number seven. He's, he has six catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. But he seems to be the guy that's going to step up. I wonder – and obviously, okay, Jermaine Burton had a decent day, four catches, 94 yards. He's the one who transferred, in case y'all didn't know, from Georgia. Do you think that, like, they're kind of, like, they're obviously not going to say this in public. And, you know, obviously, even in the coaches' meeting, while they're, like, very transparent, they're not going to be, like, digging at players. But do, what, what do you think that Alabama's – Nick Saban's thinking about the Jermaine Burton situation? Because I just don't think – and maybe it's just early. I don't think he's had the impact they thought he was going to have on that team. Yeah. Um. Man, man, it's – it's it's hard to it's hard to tell man it's hard to make a guess because like I tell people all the time man all we see with these teams is the three the two three hours they on our TV on Sunday we don't know what's yeah. going on at practice at, at that facility um I mean it could be anything it could be him not not grasping the playbook like I said maybe he's not making the plays in practice he's supposed to be making um because I mean it's you know it's a new school um, you know, he might have thought just, you know, because Georgia was just as kind of competitive as Alabama, he could go there and, you know, make the same kind of impact. But, I mean, different, you know, different team, different staff, different playbook, all that. So, it could it could just be a mix of all that, man, honestly. Um, and, I mean, it's I mean it's, it's his first and, about to, you know, first and only year with Bryce Young, um, whereas, you know, he spent two, three years building a relationship at Georgia with, with the quarterbacks there. Um so, I mean, it, it could be anything, man, honestly. At, at that receiver spot, you know, it, it's a dependent position. You depend on the quarterback. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like I said, it, it it could be a lot. But, I mean, it could also just because of all the other talent they got around there, too. I mean, like you said, um, what's his name? Uh, Brooks? Yeah, you got Ja'Cory Brooks, Trey Sean. Yeah, Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he was one of the – I think he got a lot of good playing time last season, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably just, you know, something simple as, you know, Bryce Young might have, you know, better chemistry um, with Brooks as he does, you know, opposed to Burton. Um, so, yeah, man, like I said, I can't, I can't necessarily pinpoint it. Um, it. It could just be a lot of things for real. Yeah, that's a good. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that because like there's a lot of stuff that happens that man, maybe that chemistry ends and what you know, and like it's still early in the season. You never know what's yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. Then how like Kobe Prentice, for you to be a true freshman wide receiver at Bama to start off the rip, I just I just cannot even imagine the talent that you must yeah. have to go in and out. There's a lot of places you might go into. You might go to Wake Forest, go don't play. You might go out to Pac-12. Might be great, but to go into Alabama. Going against those corners, because I remember, um, who is that that was talking about? Uh, you even listened to Devontae Smith experience as a freshman, and he said, like, he would go up against whoever, I think it was just talking like Minka, and, like, get, Minka, put, yeah. Yeah, and get put into the water bottles. And to mm -hmm. be able to go there and be able to stick enough to be able to play, major ups to Kobe Prentice. I'm sure he's developed. I'm sure he's, like, kind of developing right now, but I'm sure there's something to you going to Alabama and starting as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, Let's see here. So, yeah, so that's what we got about Alabama. I think I already said it, but, they, yeah, because they got Arkansas next week. Do you see the Arkansas upset there? Uh, It's it's in Fayetteville. Ain't it Fayetteville, Arkansas? Fayetteville. Yeah. Man, man, I was – I ain't going to lie. I was, I've was. i been paying attention to Arkansas this season. You know, shout out my parents. They live in Arkansas now, so I didn't, you know, start paying attention to them Razorbacks a little bit. Um. But man, I was disappointed at that loss against AM this week because I was like, this is enough to be a game, this Arkansas Bama game. Cause I'm like, Arkansas looked like they're a real threat in that West this year. 
Yeah. Um, so I mean, honestly, man, it's it's all gonna be about how Arkansas want to respond to that loss last week. Either they're gonna come out like, man, we took we done took a L in the West, our season's over with, you know, it is what it is, or they're gonna come out, you know, saying we playing one of the best teams in the country, you know, at home. Let's try and prove a point and you know, keep our name relevant in the, you know, in these playoff talks, or whatever. Um, you know, keep hope alive for SEC West Championship. Um so yeah, man, I, I mean, honestly, just if, if they play like they've been playing about the first two or three weeks of the season, then it, it could be chance for upset. Um, and they didn't even necessarily play that bad against AM. I mean, AM's the team. Um, but honestly, if, if they can bring the same kind of physicality they brought against South Carolina, which I know, I mean, it's you know, we're talking about two different teams, South Carolina and Bama, <laughs> but if you, you know, if they just come with that same kind of mindset of, you know, we can match up with Bama, you know, with Bama, we can play just as physical as these boys. Um, then I mean, yeah, it, it'll be a good game for sure. Cause I mean, Arkansas, they they got the talent this year to be running with a team like Bama. Um, so yeah, they just gotta go out there and like I said, play with confidence and, and really believe that they can, you know, compete with a team that you know at the caliber of Alabama. Yeah, like the the real Razorbacks, one of them teams, like they got their system of how they play and they have to stick to it at the dominate. Like, yeah. like my only fear with them is you better score points because if you give yeah. Bryce, like yeah. you play that physical style, sometimes those end up with close games. You give Bryce that ball at the end of that game. We've seen what happens yeah. in Austin. We've seen it happens in Auburn, Alabama. We've seen yeah. it a thousand times. He's going to go down there and drive. He's one of the few quarterbacks. You kind of look at him like a Brady. He's yeah. going to score. Yeah, you don't He's want him to be the last one. Last no, absolutely, with a little bit of time left. All right, now for some NFL football here. We got uh, a couple topics or a couple of games. Let's start here with the 49ers, right, who lost to the Broncos, final score 10-11. A lot of people are kind of frustrated with uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G, if they felt he didn't perform to the par, the Broncos get the win, move into 2-1, and one, while the 49ers drop to 1-2. and two. Jimmy G, 18 for – it's on the stat line. I don't look that bad. 18 for 29, 211 yards, one touchdown, one interception. One thing – Colin Cowherd talked about this a lot, so I'm kind of relaying the message. Like, they had – Trey Lance was the guy, and they were trying to get him in preseason early on. They were trying to get him as many snaps as possible to get him ready. Yeah. Struggling a little bit, too. So, it's like, we, no, no, he's got to be ready to go because they feel like they have a team that's ready to compete for a Super Bowl besides, you know, for that quarterback position. Not to mention yeah. – Joe Burrow and Tom Brady, who did not play in the preseason, struggled when the opener. So for this to be like yeah. one of the first games being like completely back, getting started, getting all the reps um, during the week, you can expect some things, but he's going to work it out. I think he's proven that he wins a lot. It's not playoffs necessarily, but he's, he's proven that he wins a lot uh, in the NFL. I forgot his winning percentage, but it's super high. But I think people got to give Jimmy G a little bit of time to get acclimated back yeah. to starting quarterback in the NFL, playing one of the hardest positions in all the sports. Yeah. Uh, so that was my thoughts. Tom, what you thought about this 49ers uh, loss against the Denver Broncos? Nah, you hit it right on the head, man. I'm 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 100% with you. Um, you know, obviously not from the experience aspect because, you know, Jimmy G's been in the league for a while now. But like you said, just, just all the – and, I mean, people got to take an effect like that, all that stuff that goes on in the media behind the scene, like that takes a, a, a toll on the, you know, on the quarterback, you know, whether, you, you know, whether you believe it or not. So it's like, you know, you go from basically a team saying like, we see you winning, you you basically doing all the right things, but we still don't want you. And then all of a sudden you, like you said, you throw them, you know, right back out into that fire, um, you know, trying, trying to lead this team to, you know, to a playoff, to a Super Bowl when it's like in the preseason, we didn't even think he was going to be a part of the team. Um, so yeah, I think they got to give him a chance to get back settled in. I mean, he th- this is first full game back since you know since they played in that uh, NFC Championship you know earlier this year. Um, and I mean, yeah, like you said, just we saw with Burrow and with Brady, man. It's especially and we talking about like the highest level of football. Like it's one thing that to just you know we like high school or college, you know, no preseason or whatever. You, you know, you coming straight off fall camp, just getting ready to play. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about the highest level of football. And, you know, you hadn't taken a real game snap since the Super Bowl, since February. I mean, you know, it's like you you can't help but expect them to struggle a little bit. So, yeah, I think they got to cut, you know, Jimmy G some slack. 
Um, I think that the issue with the 49ers is, like you said, he has a great winning percentage. The stats always look good. But the way they run that offense and, and it being, you know, a run-heavy offense is kind of like when those big plays do come about for Jimmy G, he's got to hit them. Yeah. So I think that's kind of been a problem is, like, when that big throw does come about, you know, he he's tend to miss it, you know, more times than he makes the throw. So I think, if anything, that's kind of maybe what the fans are getting a little bit tired of is just, like, being in so many close games and sometimes he'll be able to pull it out, sometimes he won't. It's like you still really don't have that full trust in him, you know, that, that he can get the job done. But, yeah, like 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 I said, I, I just feel like they got to give him a little bit more time to get back, you know, adjusted. And, I mean, the NFL season long, man, it's – what that was only, what, week three, week four? I mean, 17, yeah. you know, 17-game season. So, yeah, I think – you know, I, I think he'll lock it back in, just give him a couple back – you know, I mean, a couple weeks to, um, you know, get back used to, to throwing his receivers out there and all that, and he'll be straight. Hey, they got hey, they got Ramsey and company and Donalds on uh, Monday night coming up here next week. And so it's like to kind of ease them, you got to kind of get your foot wet a little bit in this game. But man, oh man, it's like next week you got Aaron Donald and Ramsey. And Ramsey yeah. is quite, Ramsey is quite amped up to kind of like, the literally Ramsey's one of these guys is like, just don't like, you know, it's, yeah, you hype him up, you're going to get what's coming with it. Like, I just kind of live for this. And so it's like you already got to think about that. And then you got Aaron Donald who's beating your center or guard continuously. Yeah. And he's coming to get you. Who trains with knives. So uh, so yeah. there's a lot to look forward to right now for the uh, the Ram, I mean, for the 49ers. Just like you say, you kind of got to get things going. Do you expect, who do you expect to win that game next week on Monday night? That's going to be a really good game. Who do you expect to win, Rams 49ers? You know, who, you know who's at home? Let me check. Looks like it's gonna be in San Fran. Mm. Oh, ooh, that's tough, man. I can't even. Ah, oh, that's tough. Cause I mean, the Rams have seen plenty of Jimmy D, so it ain't all some stuff like, oh, they ain't got no film on them. Like, yeah, I mean, they, you know. Mm. I think I. Yeah, I got. I gotta go with the Rams. I gotta go with the Rams. They just look more complete right now. Um, yeah, and that defense still look, you know, good as ever. They just shut the Rams down uh, yesterday, so yeah, yeah, I got, I got to go with the Rams and that. I, yeah, they, they just, they still just a way more complete team. Yeah, they already kind of, they kind of know what they're working with. I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go 49ers. We're gonna see. I make that one look. Yeah, <laughs> like Shannon uh, skill, but I put two cases to do. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this: kind of two things. One, you mentioned the thing about like confidence and stuff for like Jimmy G and like what the media's been saying. That's one thing I thought a lot about DJ. Now he goes back to Dev Fowley, 85,000 game day, and the fans are with you instead of like looking like, okay, where's Kate? Like, yeah. oh, we finally put Kate in. And that confidence is such a major thing for that quarterback position, especially because DJ has been feeling, well, I guess both of them have, but he's been feeling yeah. the fans be like, like literally, what was that game that uh, Kate went into earlier on this season? Oh, um, Georgia Tech, first game, wasn't it? Yeah, and so, like, those fans are like, oh, so this is what the – and so, like, they're like, oh, here goes DJ again, how long is it going to be? But I feel like now those fans are, okay, we still got our guy. So, they'll keep exactly. Um, you're, you're a receiver. Where do you think Odell lands when he gets back? Do you think that goes back to the 49ers? Does he go to a different team? It just kind of sits I, there. I always think about it. What do you think? I think if he doesn't – I think – I think just because of the situation – I mean, because they're talking about he ain't going to get back to November. I mean, we talking about, like, at that point, we talking about right outside the playoffs. So it's like, I feel like at that point, you almost got to go back to the Rams just because mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, you know, you signed with them on the back end of last year. I mean, it's just more, you know, more comfortable situation. You don't have to learn a new playbook or anything, same quarterback, pretty much same receiving core as last year. Like, you know, Cup is the main guy, so it's not like Odell's going to get Forced in, you know, expected to be wide receiver one day one. Um, yeah, so now that I say that, I think I think for sure back to the Rams. Cause I was about to say, if not the Rams, maybe the teams like maybe the team like um the Packers or something who don't have a bona fide number one right now. But like I said, I think that's the last thing Odell's gonna be looking for is coming off a ACL injury, coming back in November late in the season, and the first week you come back, people are looking at you for like wide receiver one type stats. Yeah. Which, you know, more likely it's not gonna happen. Yes. I I think just overall it'd be better for him just to jump back in that second, third receiver role in, in Los Angeles. I mean, honestly, just, he, he'll probably just benefit more, like he'll probably get more 
um, you know, targets and receptions playing that role with Los Angeles rather than trying to go play the one role somewhere else because you're trying to go play that number one role, you know, teams are going to be keyed in on you, locked in on you, putting their best DB on you. Um, whereas, you know, on the other side of uh, Cooper Cup, you know, he's always going to be getting double covered, getting guys, you know, best DBs whenever they can. So, yeah, I, I feel like if he knows, you know, I don't want to say if he knows best, but I just feel like that would be the best situation for him, you know, would be the, the sign back with L.A. Yeah, like you said, that was a really good point. Like, they're comfortable with him. Like, he knows the system. They know, and I'm sure Cooper would welcome him, like, please. Because yeah. for whatever little bit that will loosen up, because, you know, your eyes are always on Cooper. It's like, okay, now nah, I at least got that guy, and y'all have to respect him. Like, it's funny. You hear guys in the league always say, it's like, yeah, like, whether he's the NFL top 100 or not, they're like, Odell still does stuff that other people just cannot do. Exactly. So that's yeah. definitely something to watch for that one. Keep this thing moving. Next up, when the talk, oh, Ravens win, Lamar Jackson keeps it rolling. Uh, uh, they're gonna have to give him the money after a while. They're gonna have to give him the yeah. money. There ain't, ain't too much to say about that one. Dolphins and the Bills. The Dolphins just keep finding a way to win. Yeah, the Dolphins just find a way to beat the Bills, which is everybody's been thinking right now after watching the Bills and the Eagles play. They're like, oh, these are the best two teams in football. Everybody thinks that uh, Allen's going for the MVP this year, and so the Dolphins are three and zero. It's been a long time since you said something like that. Um, to his injury, did you see whenever what, that was his injury, I guess concussion, a lot of people think what it was. Yeah. And he, that's a very disturbing thing to see. Y'all, if y'all can't see it, this is an audio podcast. Go on YouTube, type it in. Everybody was talking about it. Go on Twitter. <laughs> but to see him like kind of walk and then like stumble like that and to keep walking, it kind of at that moment, I think for most fans, maybe somebody you see it online or something, you're like, this is a very dangerous sport. That can happen at any given time. You're the quarterback. You're in a position where you're trying to throw the ball. And you ain't running full speed unless you're, like, yeah. out running around, and that can happen to you. And did you see that the NFLPA said that they're going to investigate how Tua was able to go back into the game after seeing that? Yeah, because I, I think because Tua tried to play it off as it was a back injury or something like that. He, he like, pulled something in his back. I think he said hyperextended his back, which is why he got out walking like that. But – I mean, it's like clearly on the replay, you can see his head, you know, bounce against the turf. And, you know, but like you said, man, man, them, them is like, that's like the scariest part of the game right there. Even, you know, for guys like us who done like played the sport, it's like, and not not just that hit, but it's like the fact that you're almost expected to just kind of shake it off, stay in there, like maybe take a, a playoff, a, a series off or something. But it's like, if you getting up walking, we expect you to go back in and, and, and you know, play this game. So. Yeah, I feel like that's the scariest part right there. Just like even after seeing something like that, as like a coaching staff, teammates, whatever, it's like something in your head that's like, all right, you up, you know, go back in there, stay back in there now. So, yeah, I think more than the hit itself, that's that's the most dangerous thing right there because you actually going back in there playing. And the thing is, it's crazy. I always think about this specific with quarterbacks, right? So the coaches say sometimes you got to stand in there and take that hit and deliver that pass. That is a 10-yard crossing route. We will have hundreds of those in the season. Exactly. You're expected as that quarterback to stand there and not say this what Tua was doing in their case, but sometimes you're supposed to stand there and take the delivery. That's just part of the position. And yeah. it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. And it also makes you think, like, you know, all the concussion movies. And they're doing a lot better and stuff like that in the NFL. They're trying to work on as much as possible. But that's just kind of part of – it's just part of the game. It was crazy to see that. I'm glad Tua's okay. One of the guys in college football had the same type of thing, and he was stumbling, like, much worse than Tua's. Tua did like – I think I know what you're talking about. It was that Tosa Ole Miss game. Yes. Man, Matt. Now, that now that was that was some scary stuff for real because, like, he really tried to get up and, like, run after dude, take the fumble up, and now nah, that, nah, that was freaky. That was worse than that Tua one. No, that thing was – and it's like to see those two days back-to-back – if you're against football, that just summarizes it all up. Yeah. They don't want, like, you got some kids that want to play football, and you're like, you're not playing. Them that. Yeah. You show, and then they, you see that, it's like, not only are you not playing, you're not playing flag either. You're going to go run track. That's what you're going to go do. You can be fast. But, yes, yeah, so <laughs> definitely something interesting to see. Interesting to see what happens between them and NFL and PA and how they kind of work on that. Because, you know, players always want to get back at the game and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh, trainers or trainers, team doctors, et cetera, et cetera, supposed to save the players from themselves sometimes. But at the end of the day, I remember somebody talking about this. At the end of the day, those trainers, those doctors work for that organization. At the exactly. end of the day. So 
not to say they're all and it's crazy too because we have cameras everywhere too so it's like now like maybe before that doesn't get seen mm-hmm. but now that gets seen on one of the cameras catches all over twitter it's like so loki it kind of works against the team's pr yeah. it's like hey we didn't know up oh, this this video right here shows that you knew exactly what and you and then you sometimes you can see like what the the team doctors are mouthing what they're saying so you might see a team doctor say not in this case but you've seen in the back yeah. like can you go back in and it's like that's probably not the question we should be asking him right now yeah you know? Man, man, I be feeling like situations like that. It's like, like, why even ask? Like, we just saw this man get up and, and then they couldn't walk on his own. So it's like, we gonna send him back in a, a, a full speed, you know, football game? Like, come on, man. Yeah, you see, sometimes they just take the helmet. It's like, so therefore, even yeah. if you want to go in, you can't because your helmet's yeah. going with me. And so that's sometimes the best case of scenario in certain situations. Last but not least. We're talking about these Cowboys. You know, you got these Cowboys everywhere across the country, one of the world's most annoying fan bases. Um, uh, I feel like they're, they're the, kind of like the most hated, if you will, sometimes. Like, the people who love them, love them. Everybody else just enjoys seeing them lose when they do lose. Yeah. Right now, they're tied 13-13 to 13 in a divisional matchup with the New York Giants. I think right now, although the Giants are 2-0, and it seems like the Eagles is kind of head over heels in that division way past oh, yeah. everybody sure. else. It's interesting because, like, Dak Prescott gets hurt. It's a big deal. When the Cowboys quarterback, running back, whatever gets hurt, it's a real big deal, like, around storylines or what have you. Right now, this game's in the fourth quarter, by the way. So, it's tied 13-13. It's going to be interesting to see what happens here. But I feel like when – for me specifically, when Dak Prescott is not playing, I don't watch Cowboys. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because it's the, I feel like they're not fully loaded. I don't know if I really want to watch Cooper Crush play quarterback. I don't know what it is, but it's just like when they're not fully loaded, it doesn't seem what's been going on by the way this year. I haven't heard Zeke's name a lot this year. Man, man, I was just about to say, man, don't even feel like Zeke is like on the back end of his career, man. Zeke like 27, dude. Like Zeke ain't even 30 yet. It feel like he's like he's looking at his last days, man. It's, yeah. Uh, no, nah, that, that's a sad situation with Zeke, man. He fell off so quick. It literally seemed like they always say, you got to be careful you get the money to because soon they yeah. get money, stop playing. But it's like, yeah, we all say that. But it's like, no, no. But no, I swear to you, it seems like since that contract, we have not really heard a lot from Zeke. Yeah, it ain't been the same. It's like, wow. So, yeah. So, and so, but then that was, he just, it looks like he just checked in the game. Seems like I've actually heard more about Pollard sometimes. But I don't know. It's just like I said, with me specifically, when I don't see, when I see Dak Prescott's not playing, I just feel like he gets hurt every year doing something. It's a physical sport. You see that helmet he got on? Yeah, I don't, I don't like that dude. I don't like that dude. That thing was like a NASCAR helmet or something. Yeah, say, I don't like that. NASCAR and Transformers. <laughs> Very interesting. But yeah, I just haven't seen enough from uh, who you who you see winning this game right here. Um. This is real time. Man. This is a real time prediction. Ty. That's what I'm saying. I'm... <laughs> uh, man, Cowboys. Oh, Lord. Man, I don't know. I... I'm going to say the Giants. I'm going to say the Giants because they hot and they at home. I, I, I feel like they're trying to ride that. They're trying to get the 3 0 bad, man. They ain't seen that in a minute. Man. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with the Giants on that. No, I'm agreeing with you. I think also I want to see the Giants win. A lot of talk about Daniel Jones before the season. I remember when he first came out of Duke, first round pick. A lot of people didn't. He had some hype. Oh boy, what a knockdown. Uh, he had some hype coming out of college a little bit, but then it seems like as some Colin Cowherd said it really well. He's like, sometimes those guys coming out of Duke, specifically quarterbacks, they have a ceiling. Yeah. And they just feel like Daniel Jones has almost reached it. But Daniel Jones is one of the bigger dudes, the bigger white dude that can run a little bit. He can get yeah, mobile. The field. And yeah, yeah. he's kind of mobile guy. I remember watching them play against Clemson. I think they took the lead on Clemson. I was like, oh, he's one of those guys. But uh, he struggled a little bit in the NFL. Um, but yeah, so Thomas, I think that's all man. we have. Man, man, not to, I'm about to say, not to get off subject. I think you about to wrap it up real quick. Man, ain't it? I'm sitting there. Looking at my last time, I'm like, man, it's crazy seeing Kelly Moore on the sideline calling plays for the Cowboys. <laughs> like, I like I was like, I vividly remember watching this man at Boise State breaking on the record. That no. seemed like, yeah, that seemed like just a couple years ago. It's it's wild to see that man on the sideline calling plays. It's like he's in a whole other zone, and I think he's like a really young offensive coordinator. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. to see him standing over there like with the headset, it's like I remember when he had the pads in the headset. Exactly. I remember he was he was letting it riff out there at uh, Boise State. I, uh, man, I always think about him and I think Colt Brennan at Hawaii. 
Yeah. How those two were just running it up. Yeah, I think Cole Brennan passed, right? I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember those two kind of running up. But yes, yeah, so this is the divisional matchup right here. Let's see real quick. Let's give a prediction. Like I said, y'all, this week's episode, I want to do a little difference as we did on Tuesday, kind of looking a little bit into next week. Let's see who we got for Thursday night football. This is low key like a live stream. I, I um, think it's Dolphins Bingo. Who you got? I got, man, I got the. Man, I got the Dolphins. If the Dolphins can just put together a full quarter game, man, they're gonna be for real. Cause I mean, they walking teams down, you know, in you know, in in just one half of football. Um, yeah, man, they they just gotta lock in for four quarters and play ball. I mean, they got all the weapons on offense and defense they need. So, yeah, I, I feel and and I don't like the way the Bengals looking this year, man. I I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I just don't like how they looking. I don't like how my boy Chase been looking. He ain't look the same this year. All of a sudden, we he getting into it with DBs now. Man, don't even get me started, man. Don't get, don't get me started on these receivers getting to the league, turning the divas all of a sudden. Do not get me started on that, man. I, I don't know what's up with the Bengals. And then Thomas, he got a podcast for that topic specifically. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been looking, been peeping a little bit of the Browns and shit. And it just the, that different mojo of them just coming out of nowhere. It's it's not hitting. Yeah, it ain't. Yeah, it ain't dead. Hey, but I guess you say for the Dolphins that and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and go. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go. Right, I'm gonna stick to the Bengals. I'm gonna stick to the Bengals. I. I I think the Dolphins have already seen though, that investment again. Tyreek Hill is worth it. Yeah, for sure. I think they've seen that it's like that was a great move. Yeah, it cost you a little bit of money. Yeah, it cost me this, that, and the third. But hey, you three and zero in Miami, like, and I feel like for the longest, it's like, do you want to go to a Miami game? And I guess it's cool to see. Nowadays, you go to Miami game, you can see some wins. Yeah, and it just kind of pushes forward to that whole thing right now. Like you can see, like everybody wants to go on vacation to Miami, home of the girls. That's a different discussion, though. We'll talk about that another day. <laughs> you know, I was gonna, but as far as the to the music to uh to uh, to exit the podcast which you can say or whatever you heard that song i think it's called a man by rob Ooh, did he catch that did you see that catch my cd lamb oh i ain't seen it yet. watch this catch holy smokes oh cd said y'all forgot about me i'm still yeah, the one he had two. I, he, I was at work for the first part of the game, but they said he had two bad drops early. You seen? I seen one of them. I seen one of them crossing that field. But hey, that's the only one I saw. Yeah, I, man, CD, man, Matt. I don't think CD that guy, man. I ain't gonna you. There's been a lot of conversation. They said maybe they let go of Cooper too soon. Yeah, or and, and if it ain't even that, it's just like y'all didn't get anything to replace him with. I mean, I understand CD was like supposed to be that guy, but if CD gonna step into that role, you gotta have somebody to step into CD's old role. Or it's like I feel like they just kind of tried to put the whole that whole um you know load of being that no more receiver on CD, which I don't. I mean, nah, CD is plus a talent, man. He he crazy after the catch. Like I said, it just it just something about being that bona fide number one receiver in in the NFL, like. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't. I don't think CD that that no one guy. Yeah, it seems like he still got some time for it. And in the meantime, they need to get another serious weapon to kind of bounce. Yeah. Into. And then if you got Zeke going doing what Zeke used to do, then this thing kind of opens up. But right now, there's one of them right there. You see that chart right there? Yeah. Yeah, but that that's that's one thing. It's like if you got Ezekiel Elliott balling, and you got a uh, uh, look at the old uh, Des Ryan up there. If you have Ezekiel, <laughs> if you have Ezekiel Elliott balling. And then you have a receiver on the other side of CD. Then it's like, okay, now we got a complete offense. But right now, yeah. you can key in on him. Maybe bring some safety over the top and kind of just shut it down, or maybe just affect his confidence a little bit. But y'all, that's all we got for this week. It's been a heck, it's been another good episode. Thomas definitely enjoyed it. It's a lot of live stuff going on here. Uh, so in case y'all know what we're talking about, just watch the highlights. You'll see. You'll, you'll understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> you'll understand it then. I was going to do that song with Polo G. But I just heard that song for the first time. Rollo Rodriguez thinks it's called Amen. Mm-hmm. That thing is hard. <laughs> that thing is hard. And I'm sure a lot of y'all probably don't know what I'm talking about. So y'all hear it on the outro. That's all we have for this week. We'll be back next week. Hopefully we'll be back on Monday. Try to stay consistent with that. This week we just had to do a little audible. But uh, thanks for listening. Tom, you got anything else? Hey, yeah, I, yeah, I do got one more thing back. <laughs> <laughs>
Man, shout out my boy Kobe, man. Kobe was a USA South Player of the Week this week. He snapped. We, we played uh, LaGrange. I think he had like 11 catches, 200-something yards, two or three touchdowns. Um, and he got that all-time return record early in the season a couple a couple weeks ago, man. So shout out my boy Kobe Prelo, man. Okay, get, get Tom Jack, get the people background. He plays at Methodist University. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kobe, yeah, Kobe, one of my old teammates at, at Methodist. He played receiver here at Methodist. He wear number three. I, oh, voice cracking. Oh, Lord. He wear number three. <laughs> If y'all, if y'all ever tune in any games or anything, but yeah, man, that's that's my dog. Man. Kobe wanted it. Kobe is hands down one of the best athletes I've never seen on a football field play with anything. Like Kobe, yeah, Kobe is he, he a different animal. How about Matt? Matt doesn't got to throw a couple passes. To no, him. I haven't seen him. Down, did, did a couple one on ones with Matt one time. So yeah, I was about to. Say, he he didn't seen it, you know, live in action before. But yeah, man, Kobe, Kobe, real deal. Kobe makes some receivers and some coaches look really. He makes some quarterbacks and some coaches look a lot better than what they were. No, so yeah. shout out to man. And what <laughs> conference does Methodist compete? USA in? South. Shout out to USA South. How are they looking this year? Like as far as the team, what's the record? Methodist. Uh, we we had a little slow start. Um, I think Lagrange was our first conference game, so we want to know in the conference. Um, okay. I want to say we I think we two and two right now. Okay. Yeah, I think we two and two right now, but we we getting in the conference play now, so it's you know it, it's about to heat up. But we looking good though. We looking good as a team, man. It's man, you know I, I was about to say now I don't go on my little Methodist rant, but I mean Coach Cable, he he really building that program. Like you talking about, you know building the culture, creating the culture. He really was. That's you know what what was his plan was when I first came there in 2019. So now to look four years later, it's like he really like put it, you know, put his plan, um, you know, uh. You know, put it to work, and it, it, it's working out for him, man. This is one of the better teams Methodist probably ever had, you know, in school history. So yeah, them them boys on it this year. It's fun. Methodist is one of these schools where you hear they're doing well. You hear like the company, I'm not the company, but the the culture is in the right direction, and you see their digital footprint. It's like like yeah. if you look at Methodist and you look at like the designs and stuff that's on social media, it'd be like. What is the budget for this school? Like this, this yeah. is outstanding. Shout out, boy Thomas, and uh, who else? Thomas, shout out. Who's y'all videographer that also is me, me and my me and my boy Edge. Really, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna take a bunch of credit for it. I was about to say, I only been out about one or two games this year. But um, my boy Xavier McNeil. Um, shout out my boy Edge. I think his Instagram is six with the flicks. But yeah, Ed, yeah, me and Edge been out there. Um, trying to you know trying trying to honestly the way I see it, man, it's just we trying to get them boys what we ain't having. We was playing like. D three yeah. game, man. You might have you might have some photographers out there taking pictures, but it's gonna take you days, weeks to hunt them down. And when you hunt them down, they might not have no pictures of you, or they maybe they was only taking pictures for the other team. So man, it's yeah, you got to go through hell and high water, man, just to get a picture or a video back when we was playing. So I feel like we just trying to you know kind of get them boys something we ain't never had. Um, but yeah, no, I'm telling y'all, if y'all look at the methods universities. Thomas, shout out, please. What's the the uh, the handle? Do you know for Methodist football? I, it, I think it, it should just be Methodist FB or Methodist under underscore FB. Um, but right. yeah, it's pretty simple. I'm about to say, you go on Instagram, type in Methodist, you know, football, it'll come up. But man, man, you be man, you'll be surprised. That's what I'm saying, man. I was, I was some some way I'm gonna find a way to get more eyes on this D three thing, and, and you know, so I can show people like all the, I guess you call it sacrifices, but like you said, like. It look, you know, it may look like we got a deep budget. You know, we putting out like high quality stuff, but I mean, people probably wouldn't know our receivers coach is the one doing all the all the graphics and stuff for the picture. Crazy. So it's like at a D one or D two school, you are gonna have somebody who paid solely just to do that. But at the D three level, man, it's like, yeah, coaches, players, like you are gonna have more than just that responsibility of being a coach or a player. Like it's it's a lot that come with it at this level. I just wish people would get, um, you know, more recognition for it. Honestly. No, for sure, because it sounds like what you're saying is that you're wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. The yeah. graphic to be nice to send. I think Methodist, even when coming out of high school, they recruited me, they, the NCAA football with the Methodist. I said, oh, this yeah. is perfect. I done got a minute. I like this. So they always yeah. been ahead of the games. It's always nice to see. Shout out to school out there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, correct? Yep. Yeah. Out there in Fayetteville. Shout out to Bill. Oh, uh, there was a one more thing. Another thing. I don't know if y'all are tuned in. Make sure you follow Matt Sports House on Instagram with all the updates. We're working on the TikTok thing. It just takes some time. We're working yeah. on it. We're going to get there. Jason Brown, the head coach for Independence 
on TikTok. I've been seeing that, man. I've been seeing that. <laughs> this brother be this brother be talking. Hey, what, what's Colin doing? Well, this is why they talk about the film study X Y Z. Jason Brown gave them updates, and he's raw with it too. So he's yeah. very understandable, very digestible. He's yeah. on a podcast. I was listening to it one day. I said, man, I know some people be hitting him up about some of the stuff he reposted. Well, but, what? but as we see in last, you know, I might want to go rewatch that. As we see in Last Chance you, that brother does not hold his tongue whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. So that's all we got. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next. For y'all, we'll be back out next Monday. Till next time. Peace. I was alone. Nowhere to go and no place to call home. My only friend was the man in the moon. And even sometimes he would go away too. Then one night as I closed my eyes, I saw a shadow flying high. Then one night as I closed my eyes, I saw a shadow Hey, you need know what it feel like to go and get you murked. Hey, you need know what it feel like to put one on the shirt. He know how to sleep at night, though he put a sun in the dirt. He don't never look excited and he don't run when it hurts.